But a lot of the mimicry mainly came in this, the, the, the speech that the chairman made. Uh, yeah, the character called the chairman, who yes. had to talk on behalf of his side and be the other side. And that they will do those sort of things to create, evoke laughter. And then the next speech would probably talk about their king or their queen being magnificent and really clean the other one, you know? And so that happened before each section. There were actually three, three sections. The procession, mm-hmm. where you would have the different um, groups coming from their plantation or coming from their community, making like, you know, it's like a sound clash nowadays in the sound system. That is okay. what the sound system thing is something that takes its. Uh, I think it's formed from the Brooklyn's party. My name is Waldane Walker. You're listening to What a Brookings! Part of the Voices of Jamaica podcast series made possible by the Alpha School of Music with support from the Public Affairs Office of the U.S. Embassy Kingston. In this two-part episode, I talk with a man who serves as educator, cultural practitioner, Brookings King, and the director of the Mansioning Cultural Performance Group in Portland, Mr. Richard Darby, affectionately known to many as the Culture Man. Join in in listening as he shares his story and also his love and infectious passion for the traditional practice of Brookings in Jamaica. See you right today. Hello, Mr. Richard Darby. How are you doing? I'm alive and well. Thank you. Oh, Thank yes. you for joining us. Um, welcome to this podcast episode, What Are Brokings? I'm excited to have you. And you are a part of the Manchinil Performance Group or Manchinil Cultural Group, correct? It's Manchinil Cultural Group. I am the leader of the Manchinil Cultural Group. And how long have you been the leader of the group? Or how long has the group been around? What is the Manchinil Cultural Group? Well, the Manchel Cultural Group is probably the, the oldest um, group in Jamaica that does traditional folk work. Oldest in terms of how long we have been around. We have been around since the mid 1970s. Um, at that time, yes, at that time it was my mother, my foster mother, who was leading the group. When she passed on in 87, mm-hmm. I took over going on since that. Walking in the footsteps of those who have left um, legacy behind. I love it, Mr. Darby. I love it. And, and what does the Manchinil Cultural Group do? What, what, what do you guys stand for? All right. Originally, we were called Manchinil Brookings Group because, you know, in each parish, there's an indigenous folk farm and Brookings is for Portland. So that's what we were doing for in the 70s coming up. But going across Jamaica, festival and other events, we saw other folk farms that we became interested in. And so I went around, I shared Brookings with others and I learned from them. So right now we do, I would say, all of the folk farms in Jamaica. Well, not all, most of the folk farms, including Brookings, Comina, Maple, Quadrille, Dinky Mini, Tambo, Gere, you name it. We do those things. In addition, um, we do some of the popular music forms, dancing, storytelling, stand-up comedy, just about anything in the performing arts. But our main focus is the traditional folk forms. It's a traditional folk forms. And that brings me to ask this question. Everybody say, oh, these things are all-time sinting. Why do you continue <laughs> to do it? Okay, well, to be honest, um, there are many persons in Jamaica who are not connected to their roots, connected to the Jamaican culture. 
Um, luckily, I grew up in a community called Manchinil in East Portland that was strong in culture. And when you live in that area, there's always these things happening. And so you don't have to go and learn it. It's around and you grow and you become a part of it. And I've had fulfillment participating in the four forms for over 40 years. It has taken me so many places, met so many persons, and it's a joy when I pass on to these children and they grow up later on being leaders for different performing groups too, you know? The traditional folk form is rooted in me. Uh, once I hear the drums, I have to go on. And I've passed it on to so many, there are about 300 persons who have passed through my cultural group. And from time to time, I am so pleased when I see them um, using the form in teaching, in other groups, working at entertainment, jobs, and so forth, you know? Um, the ancestors would be disappointed if we didn't continue them because they are all rooted in something, either some festival, some celebration, some family traditions and all that. So it's very important that we keep it going. And right now it's mainly young persons I have in my group. First time it used to be just old people doing these things. But luckily I teach at a school and I can start them early. So it has been continuing because of that. I, I love those two things. I love that it's ancestors, the ancestors would be disappointed and that you have started um, sharing all of this knowledge at this, with these youngsters um, at the early age so that they can start practicing and carrying the traditions on. And um, I'm happy that you spoke about Brookings in your very introduction to tell us that um, Brookings came from Portland. Um, so tell us some more about Brookings. What is Brookings right. and where did it come from? Why is it significant to our Jamaican culture? Let's examine the word first of all. Brookings. It's B-R-U-C-K-I-N-S. Now, in Jamaica, when you broke up something, not the physical break, but it's a term to say you end something. You broke up a session, you end it. So the Brookings dance is actually the ending, the culminating of a very special event called Brookings Party. The whole thing was Brookings Party. It's a grand celebration that was used to commemorate Emancipation Day, first of August. And so, you know, back in, back in the plantation days, there were several times when the slaves got news that slavery ended, was ended and they started to celebrate. And they celebrated too early and were punished for it. So when it really came in 1838, they weren't so sure they should celebrate. Yes. You know, they sat at a place in Manchester called Lazy Bridge, which is the entrance to the Merton Estates. And they started to sing little songs about freedom and so forth. And when they really realized that it was, you know, really freedom time, August first had gone. So it wasn't until the next year, 1839, that they had a, this first celebration. We are in, there were two plantations, Merton Estate and another one close by. They had a contest. And what the Brookings really was doing is um, sort of mimicking their masters. Now that they're free, they started to dress up like royal persons, kings and queens. And they did a lot of speechify talk, um, nonsense speech that um, sort of mimic how their masters sound to them. But in a sense, the Brookings dance is really a contest between two um, sets of uh, uh, performance. Usually it was plantation against plantation, then it became community against community. And uh, at the end of it all, they would probably have the tea meeting and the speech if I talk and the unveiling of the bread and all of that. I'm just giving the different elements. 
at the end of it, they would have the dance contest, the Brookings dance to end it up. Now, the Brookings also is symbolic of breaking the chains, breaking the chains for Yes, I was just about to ask that. I've heard that. A lot about freedom. And Queen Victoria is, a, is celebrated because she was the one who had signed the paper for freedom. So in the dance, the lead dancer is the queen. So you have a lot of songs about the queen are coming, our queen Victoria setting free. And all yes, that. I've heard that one. Um, this is the year of Jubilee, Queen Victoria. Yeah. Yes, I've heard that one. Great. And I, and I love that the Bro um, Brookings have so many parts to it, has so many components, right? Because there is a dance and there's also the party that's attached to it, which came out of this right. contest between these two different um, plantations. Then it went into community. And I'm sure it brought them a joy rather than being only competitive. It brought them that um, happiness coming out of emancipation. So, so I, want, I wanted to ask you um, a bit more about the technique in the movement and so on. How is it done? Um, what would I have to do if you're you know, teaching somebody or sharing it with somebody right. uh, <laughs> verbally? Well, to be honest, teaching somebody to dance the, the, the different steps, we call them steps, Aksuti and David Brookings, yes. is um, you can hardly get them to do it in the authentic way because what they are seeing might deceive them. For example, there's a movement that they call bend up your back. And if you listen to it, you'll try to bend your back and hurt yourself. It's actually bending your knees and showing back your torso. Yes. Right? And when you do that now, it's not a, the, the, the movement is made with the hands. Pulling up the hands. And when you pull the hands, it shows the body forward. The person is looking at and would feel like it's a pelvic area moving in a sort of, in Jamaica, where term we call jam, right? Yes. And when you start to do a thing that is really awkward. So I'm saying that when you grow up around the dance, it's easier for you to catch on. But I've been doing workshops with persons around and started giving them the basic moves. Yes. So for the, the Brookings, there's the movement like take off your shoes, bend up your back, rock your body, rock steady, beautiful style, you know? Yeah. And the songs are what um, guides you because the song, you will have to move according to the part of the song, it says, Mr. Pippen, up your back, oh, silo, silo. Then you have to be bending your back. If you yes. take off your shoes, if you take off your shoes, it's like you're moving your foot like this. Rock yes. your body, you're going one side on the next side. Rock steady, you're staying on one side. Right? So you have various moves associated with it. So, this song, as a matter of fact, you hardly do rehearsal, bro. Because it's the leader who tells you what to do in most of the four forms. And you follow what the leader the least thing I see. I really, I really am fascinated by these, um, these different, these different steps and you know different moves. Can you share them again with me? Um, I heard broke up, broke your back, and um, take off your shoes. If it says bend your back, what you actually do is bend your knees and show your body back and put your hands forward. So the further you can bend back, the further you can go, right? And it's just like. Um, pulling your hands from your waist to your navel. Cross your hands with this, like you're breaking the chains. Then it's bend up your back, bend up your back. If it's rock your body, rock one side, then the other side. That's rock your body. Rock steady, it is on one side, right? Take off your shoes, it's actually 
Um tempo de ninguém é, olha, estou de limão, vai habilitados, right? We have different dance for the kings, and we so like, there's that thing called beautiful set, which is the sort of a curse or a bow. We go down, climb in, and it's like a smoke first, and deep. Just like when you're doing things like what you're saying, yes, you may change his lands. You know, those are some of the different moves. You're sore fighting with kings and weeds. The kings are sore fighting with their sword while they're dancing, so you're mimicking, hitting the sword with all the wrestling. So those are some of the basic ones, but different characters will also have their unique move that they create based on what is going on. I love that. I love that. And um, did any of these moves, per se, were derived from the, the plant? Um, owners, because you did mention that um, the practice was a, a mockery, right, of the plantation yes. owners in what they did. So these moves, you know, the bend up your back and the take off your shoes and the rock steady, would those have been um, emulated or taken from the plantation owners and what they used to do in courts and so on? All right. What you find, you know, I, I will give a little secret to some of the movements. Using your foot and your hands, you know, the slaves were always, the African were always looking away to get off the plantation, to stop working. Yeah. And so the masters didn't understand some of the things. And so when they were dancing and moving their hands, certainly they were using their foot, they were like writing messages or sending messages to persons looking on. And that was the only time they could get to that island. To send messages to say, you know, your yeah, mom went to do this later and so forth. So that's not something they practice when they meet and dance. So that after Brookings, after emancipation, all of that came into the dance, right? Some of the um, movements also came from um, John Kuno, that they yes. were privileged to have during Christmas time on the plantation, right? But a lot of the staunch upright movements, as you'll say, could have been them mimicking all their masters, look where they were walking, very, you know, Sweet, yeah. not, not just like the African movie, are just free and flowing. So that kind of sticks out of dance would be mimicking all their masters look. But a lot of the mimicking mainly came in this the, the, the speech that the chairman made. Uh, yeah, that character called the chairman, who yes. had to talk on behalf of his side and be the other side. And that they will do those sort of things to create, evoke laughter. And then the next speech would probably talk about their king or their queen being magnificent and really clean the other one, you know? And so that happened before each section. There were actually three, three sections. The procession, <laughs> where you would have the different um, groups coming from their plantation or coming from their community, making nice, you know, it's like a sound clash nowadays with the sound system. That is okay. what the sound system thing is something that takes its. Uh, I think it's formed from the Brooklyn's party. They come in, they come in to, to, to cheer on the sound and make it nice and calm. When they get there, the DJ take the mic and talk about theme song. That's how the chairman used to be in Brooklyn's. And then the actual music and dance was to, you know, to sort of get your crowd cheering with you. The, the song clash is really a carryover of the Brooklyn's party. And so you find that the the chairman would speak, and then he would introduce the queen, the queen would call and dance. The, there's a part what we call unveiling of the showbread. Mm -hmm. There's a big table set with a lot of food and drink and flowers and just like almost like a revival table. So yes. the middle of that table is a big white bread that we call showbread. Now, before anything 
the not the chairman now, the master ceremony, will have to call persons to come and build to unveil that grid. And when they unveil, persons will buy a lot of slices from it because the highest bidder will get to cut the first slice. That was symbolic because when they came as black Africans, the white persons bid for them. Yes, auctions. The auctions, yes. They are free, they put a white bread, and the black person is bidding. God. So it's like just a, a lot of the, everything in the dance has something, some connection to what happened to them in that journey from Africa to slavery to freedom. Yes. Right? Everything is connected. And so um, after the treatment, was, after that is done, so the procession, they have the tea meeting. The tea meeting is not like a, we have a, we call a, a concert where persons pay money for one person to come up and do an item or you pay money to take him down. All of that went down because it was a community up here. And everybody yes. has to get in. When all of that is done now, all this time the queen is there, very veiled. Nobody knows who is the queen, but she's covered. And again, you'll have to sing a song like, The king and queen arrive and no money not show. Show money, show make the queen vanga show. Cause you want the queen to dance and show her vanga. So the vanga is our pretty coat. Most most of the nobody people know what a pretty coat is, but it'll be like our undergarment, and it'll be adorned with sequins and so forth. Everybody wants to see that. Yes. And they see that. So let's show money to that happened. And when you unveil, you see who is the queen for that year, and everybody will rejoice, and the kings will have to fight to see who is going to dance with the queen. And then they get the privilege to dance with the queen. A lot of that is no, not happening anymore because even emancipation is not so significant to most Jamaicans again. And this dance used to happen from the night before 1st of August right into the morning. In the morning, when the sun is coming up, all that procession ends. And they would sing a song like, The day that done, the day that one done. I mean, the sun is coming up, so everything done, and they're going back home. I would say a winner has to be declared that night, which group wins, and that group that wins will get to sit at the table and eat all of the food while the other side entertain them. I don't know if that would work nowadays, but that is how it was in those days. Definitely. You just listened to part one of What a Brokings. Who are you with, pal? Go on go listen to part two. My name is Waldane Walker. You're listening to What a Brokings, part of the Voices of Jamaica podcast series made possible by the Alpha School of Music with support from the Public Affairs Office of the U.S. Embassy Kingston. For more information about the voices of Jamaica and the stories they tell, please visit the Alpha School of Music website, alphamusicja.com, and click on the Voices of Jamaica link.